Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in gorgeous, sunny, stunning, oh my gosh, all my flowers look amazing. Um, They're loving the warm weather, oh too. Oh, my gosh, yes. Seattle. And we just want to welcome everyone to the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for going to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of these things that we do now. <laughs> well, actually, now we can maybe add another duty Ooh, for Justine. What? We could do a Facebook Live Ooh, at some point. Really? Think about that. Oh, we'll be happy to. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, you know, Justine's, uh, Justine is my full-time assistant, mm-hmm. and she's very tech savvy. Like she needs something else to do, right? Well, she loves all that stuff, though. <laughs> She loves technical stuff. I but love yes, it too. Because I manage things on this side tech wise. This is true. The other tech side this side. is true. And we want to thank everyone, like I love to do at the top of the show. Just thank you again for calling in. We get callers around the country and sometimes around the world. And we are just really grateful for um, your desire to grow internally and to be a compassionate, aware person of yourself and your consciousness, and which of course helps all of humanity. As we grow in our awareness and our super being genius, because every sing- single being has a genius inside of them, and when we learn to relax and not listen to the overthought, over-processing uh, mind, um, then we connect to this incredible cosmic source that we all have. And as we do that individually, we help the rest of humanity and all the beings and all the cosmos to grow and evolve too. Because, you know, the Earth realm, even though it's one of the lower time-space realities in all of the cosmos, it is still an integral part of the evolutionary process for all the universes. So when we on the human realm, you know, aspire to deep conscious understanding, we actually help everyone in all of the dimensions and universes to do the same as well. So that's very exciting. One of the things I get to do on the show is actually interview people who I believe are on the leading edge of thought, and today is one of those days. Um, And so we're really lucky. Uh, Publishers and publicists send us books all the time, probably once a week or more often than that we get a book or at least an inquiry. And so Justine and I go through the material that we receive and, and find out which you know, material mm-hmm. we think would be appropriate for the show. And so about once a month, um, I interview someone who I believe is standing on the leading edge of thought. And today I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Barb Dupree. She is um, a woman's physician, if you will, has been for 25 years, and she wrote a really cool book. I love the cover of it, by the way, too. I love the color. It's called Yes, You Can, Dr. Barb's Recipe for Lifelong Intimacy. So today we're going to be talking about... <sighs> Sex, one of my most favorite topics ever. <laughs> I'm gonna have so much fun choosing. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna music have a lot of fun. Oh yeah, this is great. This is really great. Mm-hmm. And 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 sexual health, in particular, yeah. for women who are you know maybe approaching menopause or in menopausal years. We have over 44 million people in the United States that are in menopause or somewhere around there. Dr. Dupree will give us the exact definition if we need to. And about 6,000 people a day who are figuring that out about themselves, women. And it does affect women's health, and it's really important to be sexual your whole life. You know, like it's a really healthy, wonderful thing. I've always believed that, always. Um, But there's things that women need to know about their anatomy and about their mind so that they can stay in the race of having a great sex life, which is also good for their partners. Whether your partner is a man or a woman, you know, everyone wants to have ultimately 
great fun and intimacy, which of course includes sex, but other things that then ultimately maybe include sex. And, um, and so we're doing this for everyone, not just for a woman's wonderful health and happiness and fulfillment through all of the years of her life, but also for the people who are in her life and, um, in the world at large, because we know if people are enjoying that part of themselves, everyone's a little bit happier. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. We should just pull the covers back and jump right in. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly that sounds great. So, um, Dr. Dupree, welcome to the show. It's lovely to have you, by the way. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Great. So you wrote a book, An Essential Guide to Sexual Health at Midlife and Beyond, um, for women and the men who love them, or maybe even the women who love the women who love them, too. Um, And so you have this recipe for lifelong intimacy, um, and so it's full of medical advice that will empower women to remain as sexually active as they wish for as long as they choose, which I think is really very important. Um, I am 55, so I'm writing that interesting, uh, lovely place. And um, I was just very lucky. Uh, My brother, who is gay, actually had a conversation with me about a decade ago. And he goes, you you know, you want to make sure that that part of your body stays athletically healthy. I go, what? (laughs) And he goes, goes, you know, you want to make sure that 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 part is like, you know, I'm like, okay. (laughs) So my brother gave me great advice at a very, you know. Tell me this wasn't like at the dinner table. It was not at the dinner table. (laughs) I think we were actually in the car. You know, we were driving somewhere. and you can't leave either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I really actually appreciated his insight. It was something I really hadn't thought about. And, and Dr. Dupree, you talk about this, about how women just don't really get to spend time or have been taught to spend time with that part of their body or even investigate what might be going on down there. Yeah. I, so I'm, my background is as a gynecologist, so I've been doing women's health all of my career. I, I made a somewhat of a transition about 10 years ago focusing on perimenopause, menopausal women's health. And it became apparent as I spent more time more specifically with that population that dissatisfaction and concerns and frustrations around sexual health really was a huge um, occurrence for this group of women. And in thinking about it, I guess it's not a big surprise because as women get to that age, you know, we experience some significant physiologic changes. And I think, you know, when everything is functional, and operating, you don't pay much attention to it. True. And yeah. It happens to be that the genitals and the vagina and sexual health is sort of there for you pretty readily for decades um, for most individuals. And then for a number of reasons, whether it's chronic disease or medications or aging or menopause, it starts to become more challenging and things start to work their way in to make it less ideal. But for a lot of people, they just put it into the, okay, well, that's what happens as I'm getting older, or, okay, well, there's nothing I can do about that. And I've seen the impact of relationships when people allow this to disintegrate. And it became obvious to me that, boy, women need some tools and guidelines to try to help them navigate this. Number one, to understand there may be changes coming, like your brother probably yeah. did you a big favor. I don't know how ago. he knew this, um, you know, but I've gotten some great advice from some gay men in my life. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll take care of it. Thanks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yes, go so ahead. Part of my interest was just from more a clinical perspective and, and to take it out of the, you know, the nuance social, cultural, sexy, dirty, we shouldn't talk about that, and say, hey, wait a minute, this actually belongs under your your general 
physical health as well. Sexual health is a part of that. So this idea of just awareness and anticipation, because sometimes just knowing what might be happening in the future is the knowledge you need to navigate it successfully. So I, I felt like there wasn't a great platform out there for women to have information and seek products. And unfortunately, the healthcare system, not surprisingly, isn't well designed to give women the time and attention they need for this. It's it's more problem focused and, you know, we need to manage your hypertension and your right. high cholesterol. So the idea of taking the time to speak into sexual health is is lost. So since if women can't seek that from their provider, I wanted to have a resource. So I did a website called MiddlesexMD.com and, and now the book in yeah, an effort great. to just, again, bring women awareness and information. Yeah. I, thank you so much for, for what you're doing. I think it's fabulous. So what attracted you to medicine in the first place? And then what attracted you to gynecology? So the thing that attracted me to medicine was I... I I'm just a science person, so I, and I loved the combination of using science and interacting with individuals. I started mm. out doing some research and thinking I'd end up in genetics and research and realized I didn't really love research, so the, the field of medicine uh, became my goal, and I loved the operating room, um, so mm. I picked a focus of health where I could do surgery, but I also spoke to and interacted with women in a great time of their life, obstetrics mm-hmm. and births, and mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't all disease management. Yeah, that's just, so, and, what a great choice. I mean, because, the, you know, having a baby most of the time, the majority of the time is a very happy and wonderful occasion, and yeah, and that's, what, what a great, nice balance for you to be able to go in the OR and take care of things, even a C-section if needed, or other female yeah. gynecological issues, and then to be able to have that rapport with your patients in the office. Yeah, great idea, which is what also helped you to, to you know, even as you were changing in your age, um, to mm-hmm. be aware of what was coming up as you listened to your patients who were talking about have, having a low libido, perhaps, you know, mm-hmm. a lack of desire, not feeling aroused, um, all of these interesting things that for some reason, in, at least in the United States, we put it in a box like, oh, well, you're going to go through menopause. This is going to happen to you and it's normal and there's nothing you can do about it, which isn't true, correct? That is true. That is correct. And it, I think the other thing I'd like to say, though, is, is we, we use some generalizations and you just mentioned some of those. And you know, I do get pushback saying, well, wait a minute, this is the best time of my life and I'm enjoying things more than ever. So I, I do want to preface the conversation by saying, um, great. When, when this goes well in women's lives, great. Unfortunately, we know that the science behind specifically perimenopause, menopause, um, it, it typically doesn't go well. It typically becomes more challenging for women. So this idea of estrogen, circling estrogen, I have found estrogen to be fascinating in understanding how it affects our brain, mm-hmm. our bones, our skin. Mm-hmm. But the area of the body that has the most concentrated area of estrogen receptors and therefore the biggest impact of the hormone of estrogen is really our genitals. Wow. And again, it happens over time, nothing, there's no light switch like hot flashes maybe started a month ago and have been troublesome. The progression of vaginal atrophy, thinning, drying 
it happens very gradually over time. And for some women, it can be quite remote from menopause. So that's the other thing. It often is overlooked as even a symptom related to hormones because it happened so remote from their menopausal event. Mm -hmm. Um, So women experience this in, in a variety of ways. And so the approach to address concerns is, is very varied, and I just wanted women to understand even the simple things of lubricants. Mm-hmm. I think everybody understands a lubricant may make sex more comfortable. This idea of more moisture and slipperiness is always good for sex. But if you go into one of my local drugstores, I, I, right. I was there, and I counted. They had 38 different vaginal products on the shelf and for a, women to choose from. And a lot of stuff that, you know, you can buy in a regular store, let's say, it actually doesn't have a lot of great ingredients. You're absolutely you right. Want and put it that can be near your body, you know, especially <laughs> that very sensitive part of your body. Exactly. And it can be very irritating for some women. So even on my website, we talk through selecting a lubricant. I have them sampled in my office, let women feel them to understand why one might feel different than another. And, you know, sometimes women get discouraged when when they're having discomfort, try a lubricant, didn't like it, it was irritating, so how many do I have to try before I finally find the one I like? So honestly, the thing that I was astounded by are the women, young women our age, who are done having sex because it's become more challenging. I know. It just breaks my heart because that's, you know, one of, I mean, it's one of my favorite things in life and it just breaks my heart that, you know, people, some people, some women just are, because they don't feel the support or they don't have, they can't have the conversation with their physician or their physician just isn't educated enough to be able to help them. Um, And that's why I love your book. I love the website. You have a blog. You have a lot of people helping you. And so what we're going to do right now, though, Dr. Dupree, is we're going to take a little break here on the Rain Manu Cherry Show, and we will be right back. Need to trip into a new reality? Come with me to Spain this September 18th through the 23rd and ignite your connection to spirit. For more information, visit energyintuitive.com. Effective leadership isn't something that just happens. It takes time and effort. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has helped thousands become more confident in their leadership and professional abilities. Gain valuable leadership tools by listening to The Misha Rouser Show Tuesdays at 9.30 a.m. on Alternative Talk at 11.50. That's Tuesdays at 9.30 a.m. Become a well-rounded, intelligent leader. Log on to MishaRouser.com. That's MishaRouser.com. The Misha Rouser Show, coaching you towards professional success. Every child needs a place, a place to call home. To call home. Every child needs a place. Where they can grow up healthy. And learn. And be safe. Safe. A place where they can play. And dream. And plan for their future. 
In the Habitat House, my parents helped build. In the Habitat House, my daddy helped build. My parents. My mommy. My mommy and daddy. I study. I grow. I learn. I live. A house. A house. A house. A chance. A future. A house. A chance. A future. Are all in your hands. Your support can help put a decent roof. Over the heads of a family like mine. Like mine. Like mine. To learn how you can help, visit Habitat.org. Are you interested in creating a mystical career or deepening the development of the one that you have already created? Then please join me August 12th through the 14th of this year for the Mystic Career Development Program. This class is inspired by my very successful mentoring program. During this two-and-a-half-day workshop, you will also experience yoga, as I believe the movement at the same time of learning new consciousness helps it to move deeper into yourselves. I will use my advanced intuitive abilities to help participants identify their own natural gifts and talents. Please join me August 12th through the 14th as we develop your beautiful mystical career. For more information, go to energyintuitive.com. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. Lovely. Welcome back to the Remenu Cherry Show. That's a great song. Loved it, Benny. Of course, Diana Ross. Diana Ross. We, we got a little bit of uh, inside on uh, what our uh, guest today, who she really likes as and an artist. And she just saw And she concert. just saw Diana Ross. How so. lovely. How lovely. Yeah, it, it was fabulous. <laughs> she puts on a good show. <laughs> she does. I bet she really, and she's 70, you said, correct? Dr. She's Dupree? 72, yeah. Wow. She, she really, I mean, she is. Whatever she's doing, she's doing it well. So. <laughs> well, we're happy for her. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Barb Dupree. She's the author of Yes, You Can, um, A Recipe for Lifelong Intimacy. Um, this book tells real stories of Dr. Barb's patients and challenges they have faced, not only with menopause, but with other health conditions as well, such as arthritis, cancer, hormonal changes, all of which can impact sexual desire. She provides sound, reassuring, medically proven advice and frank, unblushing discussions of topics that affect the quality of life for so many women today. So welcome back to the show. It's lovely to have you. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I was reading um, part of your book um, again this morning, and there's a little story about one of your patients who I believe was 60 years of age, and she was a widow. And so she hadn't been having sex for a little while, and she met someone kind of out of the blue, complete surprise. And she calls you like, oh, my God, I, I think I'm going to be having sex again. What do I do? You know, kind of a thing. Um, so these things happen, right? They do. They, they fortunately, they do happen. And again, it's one of those areas where when you haven't really had to think about it, you haven't paid attention and maybe done the upkeep work along the way. And here you are presented with an opportunity. Um, so I try to remind women over the years of, for those who aren't having intercourse per se, that you know, someday you may want to experience vaginal penetration and have intercourse again. So let me know because we may have to do a little bit of groundwork to get <laughs> things back back in play. And um, some women will choose to maintain vaginal health even if they're not sexually active. 
anticipating that will come. And some women are pretty sure they're never going to want to do that until someone like the 60-year-old meets the, the right partner. <laughs> and, and lo and behold, we need to get things back in play. So it, it's so varied from individual to individual, but I think it's not my decision to make. It's really their decision to make as to whether we address that aspect of their um, their health. So it, it's one of the most rewarding things I do in my practice. And I, I love what I do because I can help women not only maintain sexual health, but regain sexual health. Yeah, so you break it down into a couple of, you know, categories, you know, needing to have knowledge about menopause and the potential changes that could occur, like what's normal and what's not normal and all of those things. Although uh, myself being a woman who's gone through menopause, it's very unique and different for everybody. You know, it's just... It is. It's phenomenal. And I think it's because all those beautiful hormones are, you know, which are wonderful messengers to all of the organs in our bodies because they're changing depending on a person's diet, their exercise level you know, and, and just their life in general, even probably some of their history, um, is, is they're going to have different effects from the changes in their hormones. Yes. You know, I tell women it's a lot like labor. We sort of know the basics and can tell you probably what's likely to happen, but everybody does it differently. Mm-hmm. And why everybody experiences it so differently is is somewhat mysterious to me. I think we like to attribute a lot of it to lifestyle. I I do tell women one of my mantras is lifestyle matters more. And so this idea of exercise and stress management and diet management becomes increasingly important. But that doesn't always equate to navigating menopause and maintaining sexual health without any additional um, tools or efforts put into it. Right. And then you talk about vaginal comfort. Um, Like it's really important that women take care of their vaginal parts, you know, which is so interesting to me because men pay attention to their their parts all the time. They're friends with their parts like from early childhood, you know, and yeah. I'm witnessing this right now with twin boys yeah, that are five. They're five so and they're like having it's, conversations. It's really cute actually because I'm sure I did the same thing. I'm like, hey dude, what are you doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it for a little bit and I'll kind of leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, and women just kind of don't do that, you yeah. know. It's like, but yet we need to know if there's changes and we need to have an awareness of this instead of just being surprised one day like, oh, I guess everything down there kind of changed. What happened? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the statistic is five years into menopause, 50% of women are having painful intercourse. Wow. And so, again, if you're the 50% who's not, great. But if you're the 50% who has started to experience that, well, guess what? We, we can solve that. We can We can make that better. One of the things that really impacted me and it was something you said earlier that triggered this was I I was in a community presentation a few months ago and a woman came up to me afterwards and she was in her early 60s and she was going through a divorce and she went into some detail about trying to you know get her share of her husband's retirement etc but she went back to say the the disillusionment of her her marriage was really a result of painful intercourse inability to have sex and she didn't really realize there were solutions for it. So I walked away that evening saying, you know, this really has economic impact for women. This really does change lives. It changes relationships. And um, it matters. I think we look at this part of health as sort of a fluff, extra, again, great if it's there, but oh, oh well, let's not worry about it if it's not. 
And I think we need to think of it as more central to to really genuine, healthy lifestyle. You know, that's such a good example of how a relationship, you know, or parts of a relationship can fall apart and nobody knows what to do about it because maybe they think that there isn't anything they can do about it. But really, we're talking about muscles and ligaments and, you know, beautiful tissues, and those things can actually be worked. Yes. Which is amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which is absolutely amazing, which is another reason why you made, you know, the gorgeous website and you have your blog and um, and all of those lovely things. So part of this, too, is also pelvic tone. Like this is a big part of a woman's health. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So when we talk about pelvic tone, we're really concentrating on the pelvic floor and the pelvic floor is this really amazing network of muscles that crisscross to support really everything above it. When you think about not only your rectum and your vagina and your your you know, bladder, but there's also intestines and, and everything above it. Well, of course, time and gravity and birth and our muscles everywhere are losing some of their strength and becoming more relaxed. Well, it has direct impact to the pelvic floor. And in the end, orgasm is contraction of the pelvic floor muscles. Okay. So how you experience orgasm is a reflection of health of your pelvic floor muscles. And this idea of you can strengthen your biceps by lifting weights and you know, using resistance and, and getting tone and strength back, the same thing can be true of your pelvic floor. We're oftentimes not quite as intentional maybe about um, thinking about that in the terms of strength training or exercising. In the last decade, with more Pilates and yoga, mm-hmm. um, I think there is a lot more discussion around pelvic floor and pelvic health. So it's better to start earlier um, and maintain it, although we can regain it for women who um, who need that. But there are some pelvic floor tools and exercises. There's an electrical stimulation device that contracts the pelvic floor muscles to strengthen it. There are pelvic floor weights that you can place in the vagina to Wow. Engage your muscles that. to have wow. to contract. And so there are there are options for that. But then the flip side of that is too much pelvic floor tone. When women are experiencing pain with intercourse, sometimes the pelvic floor muscles will go into spasm and actually have too much tone, which in turn can cause discomfort. And that too needs to be properly addressed and vaginal dilators again right. these tools are on our website dilators can I saw do those I'm like oh that's that's very interesting because one of the things that happens sometimes is that there's like a closure in, yes. the, in the vaginal area which I wasn't aware of and that yes. could be another reason why it's painful to have intercourse exactly hmm. and dilators are something you can do at home in the privacy of your own home with gentle stretching you can regain um, maybe more capacity for the vagina to allow more comfort. So, again, it's an attempt to try to be somewhat comprehensive in helping women understand what's going on. On the other hand, knowing what's going on sometimes is in conjunction with a good pelvic exam, and, and you can be updated on, on what what's causing pain because not every bit of pain is dryness. Right. So I think having a conversation with your provider and the statistics tell us that women aren't that comfortable doing it and also that only about 13% of healthcare providers actually ask their patients about sexual health and open the door for that conversation so we're not very good at it on our end which is a shame 
Yeah, oh, I, I would say we my need to do better. Yes, I agree. I, I would say my brother gave me more advice that has been helpful to that part of my body mm-hmm. than um, any healthcare practitioner. And I, I know, and I have, you know, I'm still a registered nurse, so I have some medical yeah. knowledge, and I didn't know about, you know, what's important in in, in terms of maintaining maintaining great blood flow to that part of your body, which totally makes sense. Right, and exercise and all of that allows that to happen, just like any other muscle. So that was the idea with um, offering vibrators on the website, understanding that they're not just pleasure tools. They actually have a physiologic benefit to the pelvis, pelvic floor, genitals, and using a vibrator encourages blood supply, which improves elasticity, you know, the, the health of the tissues, maintaining moisture production, and so on. So it it. Not, women don't always connect that as a possible right. health connection, but Important. Yes, I have them available in my office for women to make a selection and talk to them about that. And we want to bring sex and health care closer together yeah. and yeah. not make them kind of separate or, or right. not having application. And you have them on your website, which you write in the book, Alex, some women are embarrassed to go to a sex store to go buy something that might help their vaginal health and hopefully give them some pleasure too. And, and, you know, and they feel degraded when, when they're in a store like that, or they feel weird if they're online looking for things like that. But if they're at your website, which of course is online, but it's a, a very different vibe and, um, and, and they may feel more comfortable um, looking at the choices and reading the information and finding something that could potentially increase their vaginal health, which will help them to have great sex and um, more love and deep intimacy into their life. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, as women age, Mm -hmm. um, and and this can, you know, begin at any age really, but sometimes the ability to arouse an orgasm takes longer. Right that can be an impediment to even choosing to be sexual when you think about your to-do list and I don't have time for that. And <laughs> yeah. I don't think That's going to take me 40 minutes. Forget it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so bringing in a vibrator can, you know, shorten that what we call latency phase. And um, and maybe you know if it's going to be more reliably responsive, you'll you'll choose it. So <laughs> it, it gets really nuanced again in, in trying to... Um, drill through this with patients. But I think even having the conversation with patients, in my mind, yeah. is advancing things. I would agree. I would absolutely agree. And then you talk a lot, too, about emotional intimacy, which that changes over time. What maybe aroused us in our 20s or 30s um, isn't the same thing that arouses us in our 40s, 50s, and 60s or beyond. And um, and, and I can certainly attest to this. I, I was dating a, a, a lovely person, um, you know, a little while back. And one of the things he would do, which I don't think he knew, or maybe he did know how much it turned me on, is he would make dinner for me. That mm-hmm. that was much more of an aphrodisiac for me than even, uh, you know, a glass of wine or um, a kiss or something of that nature. I'd be at, at work and... You know, I'd come out of my office, and he, he, he didn't cook the food at the house. He would just bring the food already prepared, have it already laid out with candles and a little bit of wine and this delicious, wonderful food. And that was definitely um, something that made me very happy and excited. So that's something we need to pay attention to and not get stuck in how we thought and felt when our hormones were very different and we were getting different messages into our cells and our anatomy in our 20s or 30s. 
Yeah, I so I had a personal experience somewhat similar to that. Um, a couple of years ago, my father was in chemotherapy and he needed to be taken to a treatment, and it I it was kind of my turn as the sibling to help contribute to to his care, and but my my schedule didn't really. Um, line up very well. So my husband volunteered. He said, no, let me take your dad to the treatment. There's, you know, I can do that. That's no problem. And, oh, my gosh, it was the best <laughs> thing. I, and, and afterwards, a month later, you know, my husband brought it up, and I said, oh, yeah, I was so attracted to you <laughs> through this this sort of selfless gift he gave me. And I, I used that at a presentation following that. And it was so funny because I had participants come af- up afterwards and um, sometime afterwards and say, oh, my husband repaired this thing that had been on his to-do bench, you know, who had been sitting there for months. I went home and told him about what you said, and the number of things husband did in, did in a response to that was really heartwarming, and I think we for, men forget, or we, we don't know how to tell them sometimes right. what we find is sexy. Right, which is important, you know, because then they'll go, oh, great, I'm going to take note of that and, and go ahead and put that into the program next time. That's very, very lovely. We're going to go ahead and go uh, go to the phone lines. And um, who do we have, Benny? Yeah, well, if you'd like to join us, 877-825-8828 is the number for the Marie Manu Cherry Show, 877, <clears throat> excuse me, 877-825-8828. And we will take now to the phone lines, Layla calling in from uh, L.A. Layla, hello. Hi. Hi, Layla. How are you today? Good. Um, it's actually Leia. I oh, had Leia. a reading. <laughs> no, no problem. I had a reading with you, Marie, uh-huh. um, about a year ago. <clears throat> and you said at the time my uh, second chakra was uh, small and gray. Mm. And I wanted to see if it's any better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and sort of connecting with the um, the the guest today, um, just me connecting with my emotions more, even sexually, uh, to help me there. I I wanted to see where I was at. Wonderful. I think this is a great topic, not to mention the fact that the second chakra governs reproductive organs, you know, so it's just below the belly button for women. This beautiful energy source has a front and a back portion. It governs, again, um, reproductive organs, kidneys, adrenal glands, lower back, the um, appendix and the bladder. So, um, and it's also called the juicy chakra because it governs key areas of human life on an energetic perspective, like career, resources, intimate partnership, close personal friends, and creativity. So, it's it's a it's a very big deal. Um, and typically, when I see a chakra that's too small, it means that the person isn't experiencing a lot of passion, which doesn't have to just mean sex. Because I think it's normal to be orgasmic when you look at a tree. Of course, you don't have to be, you know, screaming and yelling and panting and all of those things. But I think it's normal to be running energy throughout our entire bodies, including um, a woman's reproductive health, of not just during sex. I think that actually was, helps with, to keep that area tone and happy and awake so that we can actually determine about, oh, well, that that kind of creates some passion for me or some interest. So I would say that the vortex is actually a lot more orange than it was before, which is lovely, it's an, and it is a little bit bigger. Um, so what have you done that's different? Because I'm assuming I gave you some homework assignments um, when I read this for you. So what have you done that's made it a little bit different? Tell me to drop down into my emotions. Ah. Um, and I have been working on that. I also feel that I'm a little more connected with my intuitiveness. Mm. I Now I understand what that means. 
means exactly. Um, and I've tried to uh, love myself more. I know Aww. I haven't been as good with that as I should, but um, I'm I'm trying. So I, I did want to see if that was better. Oh yeah, it's it's not gray anymore, and it's it's a bigger size, which is lovely. It's supposed to be about two and a half inches in diameter. Um, it's probably about an inch and a half, well, maybe closer to two inches in diameter, which is lovely. So, um, and you had a question for Dr. Barb about your emotions, correct? Is that what you said earlier? Yes. Well, I just noticed with, because I, I'm with somebody new, and I it's hard for me to connect, to have an orgasm, to, to do it out of pure feeling and emotion. Rather, I, I need to go into my head and think about things. So, Dr. Barb, can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised about that. Um, <laughs> when when we talk about, um, you know, women being sexual, there are these phases of, of sexuality of, you know, desire leads to arousal, leads to orgasm and, and resolution. And we used to think about it as a really kind of a linear thing. Um, and we now understand that that's not exactly true. And when it comes to your brain, I mean, you can just, you can have no interest in sex, no desire to be sexual, but just choose it for whatever reason. But what then is happening is, um, you know, your brain can turn on, and we know that there are at least five different neurotransmitters in the brain that influence the the motivation, the desire, and and start that process of responding um, physically. So... It, it absolutely is starts in the brain for women, and um, you can do the mechanics of being sexual, but to really enjoy and, and be fully engaged, it, it has to include your brain. Hmm. So everything's going fine then. <laughs> so things are improving. You have a new person in your life. You've figured out how to enjoy sex for you. And your second chakra is also improving. So these are all very good things. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much, and thanks for calling in. Um, So uh, we're talking to Dr. Barb Dupree. We're going to take another break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, and we'll be right back. If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. You could become Marie's friend on Facebook or even follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's website. There's tons of new features like Chakra of the Month, a live Twitter feed, and three PDFs with extensive exercises for your chakras. You can also sign up for Marie's free quarterly newsletter and also get your questions answered in her Dear Marie column. Simply email Marie your question, and she will answer it in an upcoming edition. Marie also will be speaking and signing books. Find out if she'll be in your area on her events page at energyintuitive.com. Technology moves at the speed of innovation, and today, that's lightning fast. So when you get your hands on the latest tech, don't forget to do the right thing with your old devices. 
Recycle them. The Consumer Technology Association and its members are making recycling your old tech device as easy as purchasing new ones. Just go to greenergadgets.org, type in your zip code, and you'll instantly find the responsible recycling location closest to your home. You'll also find lots of tips to simplify your recycling, like asking the store where you buy your new TV if they'll haul away your old one. Television sets, video game consoles, smartphones, tablets, they're all recyclable. Don't let them clog up your local landfill. Just visit greenergadgets.org. You're sharp enough to get the latest tech tools into your home. Now be responsible enough to get your old devices to the recycler. That's greenergadgets.org. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Marie Manucheri, RN and renowned energy healer, provides accessible instruction for helping you tune in to your health at a deeper level in her first book, Intuitive Self-Healing. Offering a compendium of illuminating case studies and practical self-care techniques, Marie invites you to learn more about the chakras, energetic preventative care, and tools for accessing intuition. Intuitive Self-Healing is available at Amazon.com and Energy intuitive.com open your ears open your heart open your mind alternative talk 11:50 and that's what we're talking about today getting lots of love in all different ways and of course uh, sexually as well I just want to remind um, the listening audience and people who are interested in the Mystic Career Development Course that's coming up August 12th, 13th, and 14th here in the Seattle area. We still have a few um, spaces left. And so we're going to be um, talking about, of course, building your own Mystic Career. And also, if you just want to bring mysticism into the career you already have, or maybe it's more of a mainstream work environment, you would love to have magic and intuition and more of a... Um, I think a mindfulness at work that brings you lots of passion and joy, then of course this this um, type of course is working in those areas for people as well. So go ahead and go to energyintuitive.com and you can sign up for that class or you can um, call the office and ask more questions and we're really looking forward to it. Um, it'll be really fun. We'll have yoga um, during this class as well and of course lunch is provided um, as usual. So um, welcome back to the show, Dr. Dupree. It's lovely to have you. And, thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. And you're in Michigan in your practice. In fact, you're taking time out from your busy day in between patients to talk to us. So I truly appreciate that. And um, w- when we were off the air for a moment, we, we talked about maybe when we come back is to discuss, you know, women um, over 50 and that sexy is an attitude and some tips to help women to feel sexy. So um, I think you have some of those tips. Right. Um, I do think that... Unfortunately, our culture is a bit of a naysayer to aging women feeling sexy, and our 
you know, we our sexual attitudes incorporate a lot of voices. So it's it's always a complicated journey, and it's interesting to me how uh, backgrounds influence. I was telling you that one of my patients earlier this morning presented in her primary complaint is painful intercourse. Mm-hmm. She happened to say to me in the history that her mother always changed her clothes in the dark Aww. and nudity was never seen in her household. Now she's 59 today, but the fact that she told me about that is pretty stunning to me that she has continued somewhere she got messages along the way from even something like that that is influencing her sexually. So when we talk about women feeling sexy or you know sexy being an attitude, I think as a clinician we always have to realize that there are so many pieces of things that go into the the baggage, so to speak, that may work to their favor or not. So understanding background and culture, and I try to get some sensitivity into that as I'm talking to women, because it's you know it may be completely against their their values for mm-hmm. me to, for instance, right. talk about how a vibrator may help them. <laughs> yeah. And I think just the acknowledging that is, is good for women to know, you know, how, how my background is speaking into my feeling sexy and my attitude about being sexy, how culture is affecting that. In the end, we know that feeling and being sexy certainly reflects general um, attitude about general health and happiness in your home, your relationship, your career. So this is a time where a lot of women have achieved a lot professionally, you know, relationships, raising kids, and they're proud of a lot of things and are more confident in looking forward. And those women, that almost always trickles over to have more confidence sexually too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, for a lot of women, they're looking at this as a crossroads of where do I belong and and where can I really make a difference and how can I impact others and you know where's my best place in life and interestingly that can have some sexual translation as well um, 50 shades of grays well I would say wasn't you know great literature I do <laughs> think it was really fun to hear what it did for women I was to, surprised you know, think yeah outside the box yeah I haven't and, read the book I did see the movie and I was very surprised by how many people who read the book said it really helped their sex life which I thought was really interesting yeah it really did and I think again it just promoted the conversation it also promoted something other than vanilla sex um, <laughs> novelty I, I would I would say novelty really makes a difference here and you know, when you're in long-term relationships and you've got this routine and these habits that are established and I kind of know what he's going to do next and I kind of know what's going to happen after that, there can be a little bit of a ho-hum. So this idea of acknowledging it and looking for um, some variations in the theme and adding novelty. We know that um, stress plays a huge role. So for those who can identify stress and modify stress, minimize it, that that's always a great thing. We know that physical health, when women exercise and take care of some physical health, and I'm not talking about weight here, I'm talking about health. Mm -hmm. uh, Women who exercise almost always consistently enjoy a better sex life as well. Again, there's this empowerment. I'm doing something for myself. I feel good about myself. I'm I'm strengthening myself. It does translate to be a a sexual change for them too. So it's a 
kind of a combination of how you view yourself, how you view where you are in the world right now, and but you can improve and gain confidence, I think, in that area by knowing you can change that. Right. Well, you know, I think if we just took all of the women who are 50 or older and just send them to France for like a month, because um, Frenchmen actually think that older women are delicious. Um, so I think that would be great for their self-worth and their confidence. But in, in the end, what we have to do is have those personal conversations with our with ourselves and not get caught up in the media or what our mothers did or didn't do so that we can feel sexy at any age. And I hear a lot of women are hearing a positive sexual message from their partner, but they're not always believing it. Oh, interesting. So we're our own worst enemies often in um, in this area and just kind of trying to quiet the lies that their, their heads are part of my story, too, of, of believing in themselves. Right, right. Oh, well, this has been a, a wonderful and excellent discussion. I really am enjoying your book, Yes, You Can, Dr. Barb's Recipe for Lifelong Intimacy. It is chock full of all kinds of information. Um, and, and, of course, the website, Middlesex, is absolutely beautiful. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's just a pleasure to have you today. Thank you for having me, Marie. Yes, and um, have fun with your patients as well. <laughs> thank you. I will. All righty. Thank you so much. And um, what, what we have over the rest of the show, we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. We're going to go to the phone lines and answer some uh, more questions before we go off the air. Yes. So who do we have? Actually, Brittany? we, uh, yes, we're going to go back. Sorry. I was in the middle of something else. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Christina from Texas. Hello. I, welcome I've to I've kind the of sh- run Benny around today right. a little bit. He's going to have to take a little break <laughs> after the show today. I've made him work a little harder than normal. Uh, totally yeah. Fine. Sorry about that. Oh, so, yeah. So, Christina, thanks uh, for holding so patiently. So, hello. Hi, Christine. Great. How are you? How's Texas? Um, well, it's hot here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. Oh. So I, I hear you talk about Seattle on the radio, and I just, it's so dreamy up there compared oh, to here. Oh, yeah. Texas um, is kind of dry. Yeah, it's a little dry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, um, do you get up to Portland often? Um, about once every two years. I just went. Um, about six weeks ago. So oh, great. I had a recent visit to the Northwest. Yes. Oh, great. Lovely. So what can I do for you today? Well, um, I had a baby 14 months ago, mm-hmm. um, and then I had a miscarriage in January, mm-hmm. and I would like to try again and just wanted to get your input as if uh, to see if I am vibrant enough uh, <laughs> you know, to try again. I, I really don't want to have another miscarriage. Right. And, and was this your first child that was born? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm, I'm 41. Right. So I'm advanced maternal age. Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, re- I remember learning that um, phrase in, uh, in nursing school. It's actually 36 is what's considered advanced maternal age, which is kind of shocking because I think of 36 as kind of young. But, um, of course, that's medical science's perception of that. So here's what's happening. When I look at your energy system, it looks like to me that um, you've taken this on as like a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, it feels like a job. Yeah, so that means you're thinking about it, talking about it, working on it. And because you're the type of person who is a hard worker, you're very devoted. You, you know, if if you are working for someone or if you own your own company, you put a lot of time and energy into it, It's which is lovely. I love that part of you. But I actually want you to stop thinking about this. I, I want you to stop thinking about it. I want you to stop trying to fix it. I want you to relax. Because I think that uh, a healthy 
you know, pregnancy that's going to stick is going to happen when you least expect it. And I want you to enjoy the life you've already created. And I see you looking to the future, trying to get this second child into your life. And I just don't think that's very healthy. And I don't think it's good for your reproductive organs. So what do you think about that? Well, that is not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> why? Why Why does that upset you? I'd love to know why you didn't want to hear that. Um, well, just because I, just like what you said, like I want, I want to have another baby. And I'm not and... saying don't have another baby. What I'm saying is that you're constantly looking at the pot, waiting for it to boil. It's not helping you conceive another child. And in the meanwhile, you have a, a lovely child. And I think you should be enjoying your life with your family. So what people don't understand is that a lot of things happen in the nothingness. And, and we need to let go. We need to surrender. We need to let to creation to help us. And, and unless you're going to go in and do some, you know, in vitro or some hormones or something of that nature where you're going to have to pay attention to medications that you're taking and timelines, which you don't want to do, by the way, um, I think you need to stop. I, and I'm not, I didn't say stop having sex or stop, you know, uh, you know, allowing yourself to have another child. But I think you need to stop thinking about this because I think this is preventing you from having another child. And and notice what's happening as I say that to you. You stop because there's all this grief you have. You have so much grief about not providing another child for your family or for yourself. And that's what I want you to be able to give yourself the permission to feel and release because grief is an important transformer when we expel it. When we keep it inside our bodies, it becomes a block. So I think this is going to be really important for you to get out of your head, stop trying to plan all this because life doesn't happen when you plan things anyway, not the way we want it to be. And the universe, re what we truly want it to be. And the universe likes to surprise us. So... Stop trying to figure this out. Stop trying to force this from happening and just go have some fun. Okay. Okay? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, and you know, you don't have to do anything I say. Um, seriously, you know, everyone has free will, but I want you to sit with that and think about it and maybe even think about what does surrendering mean? It means to get out of the way. It, it, there's been a lot of research about this, not just in the spiritual world, but even in just, you know, popular science in terms of behaviors. And, and for an example, one of the examples that researchers use is when someone wants to be in a partnership and they're desperate about it and they're looking and they're trying to turn over, over every rock, they're not going to meet the person for them. But when they stop and they start to enjoy their life and they don't care, that's when it all happens. So go enjoy the baby you have. Have some great fun in Texas. Come back and visit us here in the Northwest. And um, I wish you very much. A wonderful, wonderful day and family life and joyful blessings, everyone. Thank you for tuning in, calling, listening, and liking us on all these various things. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye.